When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. I remember a time with Miss Tarpley and Dr. Driscoll. A time some time ago. Not so far ago that dinosaurs roamed the earth, but not so recent that it happened earlier today. It was between the wars. Which wars we know not. But that was the time we were in. This particular adventure began on a midsummer's night like this one. Only it was in November. Very dark, raining, blowing a gale. An old Austin chummy car was bumbling its way, lost, along an unassuming B road, somewhere in the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. We join our heroes, frustrated at their predicament. And as with all couples on a long, arduous journey, a squabble breaks out. Luckily, they catch it and put it back in its cage before it interferes with their driving. But soon after, fatigue and a failing engine takes its toll on our favorite Tucson. Did you hear that? No, I didn't hear anything. Or not. You've not been hearing the gears grinding for the last 15 miles. With the windscreen wipers squeaking, the indicators ticking, and you're snoring, I can't even hear myself deduce the correct route. Hence, we find ourselves in the middle of valley nowhere. If only they could invent a futuristic screen. A navigation device that sits on the dashboard and shows you how to get from A to B. Ridiculous, Dr. Driscoll. This is a 1920s notice. What is something? It will never catch on. Besides, nothing beats a robust, fold-away ordnance survey map. And yet, here we are, lost. Do you know, my desire for this journey has died. Mysteriously come to us, fluttering. It's no 
mystery, Miss Tarfrey. The rain seems to have permeated through the outer shell of the bonnet and into the inner engine compartment, causing the pistons to malfunction, bringing the vehicle to a stationary position. What does that mean, Dr. Griscoll? Well, it means, Miss Tarfrey, that the engine has died. <laughs> What is that big red thing towering over the car? Fear not, Miss Tarpley. It's merely a well-placed telephone box. How convenient. Thank you, scriptwriters. We won't get too wet now. Well, we need to get assistance. I'm a fully paid-up member of the Automobile Association. I shall call them forthwith. I'm sure they'll send a very nice man out to send us on our way with a magnificent salute. I shall make the call this instant. But you can't, Miss Tarpley. Don't be so ridiculous, Dr. Driscoll, you silly dilly. Of course I can. There's no such word as can't in my vocabulary. Good heavens, I can't open my door. Some strange force seems to be mysteriously stopping me from alighting our stranded vehicle. There's no strange force, Miss Sharply. As I was trying to warn you, the vehicle has reached its conclusion next to the said telephone box. This unfortunate position is preventing you from opening the driver's door properly. Please stop dilly-dallying, you buffoon, and get out and do it yourself, and call for help! That was quick. You are efficient, Dr. Driscoll. Unfortunately, my hopes for reviving the situation and returning it to a positive conclusion have hit a minor snag. The phone is dead. What the f***? Are you talking about, my good man? That's not a minor snag. The telephone, for its whole purpose of existence, is to make and receive telephonic communications. Not being able to do that is a major snag and a major... If only we could have our own pocket-sized personal communication device that we could carry around with us and use any time we wanted to converse with each other. Oh, don't be preposterous, Dr. Driscoll. This is the 1920s, 30s, 40-something. That idea would never catch on. And I'll tell you for why. Everyone's telephone cables would get tangled up with one another's wherever they went. I've seen something which may alleviate the situation we have found ourselves in. Come on, man. Don't keep it to yourself. Spit it out. That last split second of lightning illuminated the night sky and reflected back the vista of a large, spooky, possibly haunted, sinister-looking stately dwelling where multiple diabolical and solved murders may have taken place. Is that so? Well, why can't we see any lights coming from it? Maybe the lightning bolt caused the electricity to temporarily die. Ooh, this sounds like my cup of tea. And so is that. What are we waiting for? Let's go. Astopoli, you still cannot evacuate yourself from the vehicle. We're still parked alongside that telephone box. I know that. I was... that no one could get into the vehicle when we leave it. Yes, 
Of course you were. Get out, man! Shuffle along! That beast doesn't care where he puts himself. There's no response, Miss Tarpley, but I can definitely hear someone inside. Try pulling the doorbell. It's big and rusty, but I shall try my best. Guests. 
You didn't pay for the booze. And um, what did you say you called again? Oh, Miss Tarpany and Dr. Driscoll. Miss Marple and Dr. Pisspaw. My good man, that's completely the wrong program. It's Tarpany and Driscoll. Apologies. I auditioned for those talking pictures and they never got back to me. All I've got now is this bloody podcast. <coughs> Miss Tarpany. Uh, Polly and Dr. Driscoll, let me introduce you to Bride Forces. Oh, Rabbi Loves, you're so much better than the last guests. Humphrey Jones. Yes, I'm free. Dame Ethel Everidge. Hello! Bushels, it's a little bit spooky in here, isn't it? Love and light. I'm sending something about you. It's just your sense I was going to interrupt you. Here from the Emerald Isle, Fanny Azul. It's a cracker. Last but by Davies Lease. Your host and lord of the manor, David Pickleson. Oh, this is taking a lot of time. Time? I've not done any time. Well, maybe a little bit of time. I'm an antique dealer, you see. That's what I have to do with doing time. Anyway, they call me the Duke. I certainly wasn't anyone's princess. I wasn't. I wasn't anyone's princess. <clears throat> anyway, I'm orange. I mean, overwrought about this evening. The reason I've summoned you all here tonight is you are all renowned antique collectors and enthusiasts. I'm giving you the opportunity to bid on the finest antiques from my own personal collection from here in my own home. But plenty of time for that. After dinner. Bidden. <laughs> I was hoping for a giveaway. If I'd seen that coming, I wouldn't have come. Ah, oh, Beck! This party isn't better than last week's. Well, it's where? That's rather marvellous, because I've got my keen eye on a very nice camera bag. Oh, how embarrassing. I wasn't aware my breeches had ridden up so high. Besides, I've spotted a lovely example of cock beating around those drawers. I wasn't aware my breeches were pulled so high either. Well, I've been looking at our host's crotch veneer in a regular pattern effect engraining. Nothing that a bit of coarse rubbing can't rectify, and maybe I'll get to polish his trophy later. Ladies and gentlemen, please be seated for dining as dinner is served. Our eclectic mix of eccentric guests are comfortably seated around a great oak dining table, marvelling at the finest cooperative sterling silver-plated Sheffield Sill 63-piece cutlery set with a promise of beef bourguignon, croque-au-vin, fromage ball poste compost, en croquette, a selection of other classic desserts, including but not limited to croque en boucher, tarte tatin, creme brulee, crepe suzette, profiterole, macaron, eclair, Followed by Getty Booty Patooty. If you can't pronounce it, should we be eating this for a muck? Or instead, for the less discerning palate, a Bedfordshire clangor. We begin our first course with a beautiful tomato soup. What a lot of unnecessary noise. Especially as the soup hasn't even been served yet, Miss Tarpley. Did you hear that thunderbolt of lightning? Very, very frightening. Indeed. Galileo. Like Mr. Cove. I'm just a poor boy. Nobody loves me. Why don't you shut the f*** up? Nobody gives us this. Jesus, the lights have gone out. Dr. Driscoll, switch them back on. I'm flicking something, but nothing is happening. I wouldn't say that. A little to the left. Thank 
goodness, the lights have come back on. Is everybody all right? Yes, yes. yes. apart from Fanny O'Toole, who appears to be nocturnal. Looks like she's fallen asleep in her soup. I think not. I deduce... Foul play! Dun, dun, dun! Well, I agree. This play is foul. But what do you mean? Providence is before us. Miss O'Toole is face down in the tomato soup with a noose around her neck and a rare diamond encrusted dagger in her back. Dr. Driscoll, my good man, I urge you to check for a pulse. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, I can confirm this funny has died. <gasps> By the power of Grayskull. I'm afraid to say, but I'm rather quite excited. That could only mean someone in this house is a murderer. Dun, dun, dun! We leave the murderous melee of overexcited but terrified guests with the knowledge that a killer is amongst them. Or it could be two of them, or three, or all of them apart from the one that is dead. Maybe none of them. It could have been suicide. Who could it be? And that's why you must stay tuned, but not until you've had a cup of tea and a frangipan, a shower, or a bath. Being the 1920s, 30s, 40s something, it's more likely to be a tin bath in front of a curl fire. You might fancy a relaxing read of this month's People's Friend, or a good firm rubdown with the sporting life. Either way, come back and join us. You might as well. You've already paid for this download. <laughs> for the next installment of Miss Tarpley and Dr. Driscoll's Most Haunted Manor. Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Two of Miss Tarpley and Dr. Driscoll's most haunted murder. You'll find us in the dining room of a multiple spooky, stately haunted, sinister-looking possible dwelling where a large, diabolical unsolved murders may have taken place. Where one has just taken place. Has a murder taken place? Calm down, everybody. Hey, I'm a scouser, that's my line. Now, calm down, everybody. Calm down, everybody. Look, Miss Tarpaulin, shut it. Now, let's start again. Part two. In three, two, one. Calm down, everybody. Right, that's it. I'm going on. Not so fast, my good man. There has been a murder committed tonight, and nobody is going anywhere until we get to the bottom of it. Ooh, I'm game. Promises, promises. Let's leave everyone's bottom out of this. I have to deduce where everybody was when this dastardly murder was committed. Dr. Driscoll... Are you absolutely sure that she's definitely dead? Can you at least try to give her mouth to mouth? I'm not putting my mouth anywhere near that dried-up old fanny. My good man, why ever not? Because there's a ruddy great big dagger in her back. She's clearly dead. By the power of Grayskull. Call the police. There's a madman around. Too many shadows, whispering voices. Faces on portraits and too many choices. If, when, why, what? How much have you got? That will do. Dr. Driscoll, 
Did you make that call to the police? You won't be at all surprised to learn, Miss Tarpley. The telephone has died. Dun, dun, dun! Well, I wasn't expecting that. Everybody, stay where you are. Someone in this house is... Murderer! My crikey. I need a loofah. Dr. Driscoll, we need to move her. How about the cellar for that fanny? But it's very cold, dark and unwelcoming down there. Dr. Driscoll, it's not very nice to talk about the woman's undercarriage like that. She's only just died. Miss Tarpley, I was referring to the cellar. Come on, everyone grab a piece of Fanny. Dr. Driscoll, there's enough people at the head. You need to go down on Fanny and help with the feet. Come on, Mr. Johns, what are you doing over there? Fanny needs an extra hand. I've lived this long without handling a Fanny. I think I can go another night without it. Oh, I can't help but admire this encrusted dagger. It's stuck right deep up to the hilt in Fanny. It looks like it's one of two from the 16th century. Certainly worth a small fortune. Whoever used this must be loaded. Let me have a closer look. Don't you dare touch that dagger. It's now vital evidence in this murder investigation. There may be two of these knives in existence, but I'm going to find out who has stuck one in Fanny. We will start with you, Mr. Pickleson. She was your guest. Tell me, just how well acquainted were you with Fanny? Well, I haven't clapped my eyes on Fanny in years. What with her living in Ireland and all. So, why? did you invite Fanny here tonight in the first place? As I said, I've not seen her for a long while and I've had Fanny on my mind for quite some time. In fact, at my antique shop, I was looking at some vintage police truncheons and that made me think of Fanny as I knew they'd make her eyes light up. And then I'd go to bed thinking about Fanny, dream about Fanny, and then I'd wake up thinking about Fanny some more. I know, like me, she has a love of collectibles, so I thought I'd definitely invite her here tonight because of her appreciation for any old shit. Where were you when the lights went out? With Colonel Mustard in the library with the candlesticks. Whoever said that, you're in the wrong game. That's Cluedo. Now clear it off. Where were you, Mr. Pickleson, when Fanny kicked the bucket? I was sat at the table, sat next to you, Miss Tarboy, waiting for my soup to be served. Only two soups had been served so far, Fanny O'Toole's and Brian Fawcett's. Two soups? Right, Brian Fawcett, where were you upon Miss O'Toole's demise? I was reaching for the pepper pot. The pepper pot? The salt cellar. The salt cellar. The serviette. The serviette. Cuddly toy. Cuddly toy. My soup spoon. Soup spoon. Right, Miss Tarpley, you've got 15 seconds to recite what I was saying. There was the, um, uh, oh, um, the, the, um, the serviette, the soup spoon, the serviette. We've had the serviette. Cuddly toy. Cuddly toy. Yay! Oh, salt cellar. Didn't she do well? Were you, Dr. Driscoll? As always, by your side, Miss Tarpley. And I was waiting for my soup. I'm surprised you even had to ask that question. So am I. And what about you, Humphrey? I was sat next to you. Well, how could you? David Pickleson was sat on one side and Dr. Driscoll was sat on the other. So how could you have been at my side? 
Well, I was sat on David's lap. I was scared and had the willies put up me. Quite right, if you're of a nervous disposition after the lights went out. No, no. This is before the lights went out. What about you, Mr Corker? Well, being psychic, I think you'll find I'm on all sides. That doesn't answer my question, does it? Well, it does, as far as I'm concerned, you fat cow. In fact, you're a witch. Now, right, start again. Three, two... One, love and light. Very well. Dame Average, were you positioned anywhere near Fanny? I had my fingers in my ears because of the slurping, so I didn't hear anything, and I couldn't see anything as my spectacles were all steamed up from the heat of the soup. At last, an intelligent, succinct and precise answer. Hold on, everybody. Hold it there. Something isn't right. Where the hell is Bob? Who? Who? Bob? 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 The builder. Do you mean the butler? 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 Yeah, Bob the butler. Don't you mean Jeff? That's exactly what I just said. Where's Jeff? He's a shifty one. A bad one. I could sense when I first met him that he had entered the ether through the wrong vortex. Ooh, beaten there, done that. Well, he'll be in the kitchen sweating over a lazy Susan. I declare... To the kitchen without a hip, a hop, a hippity to the hippie, the hip, hip, hop, cease and desist, haste. Why didn't you just say haste? I was trying, but I was rudely interrupted. Let's calm down, everybody. The more excited Miss Tarpley gets, the more. Will somebody take that bloody kettle off the boil? Stutters. Well, after all those spooky interruptions, I have no idea where we are in the script. Well, so far, Miss Tarpley wanted to know everyone's location as the lights went out. Reds realised that Jeff the butler wasn't accounted for, but confused him for somebody called Bob, who's a builder, apparently. That's what I said. Now, let's start again. Three, two, one. Love and light. Then Miss Tarpley wanted us to move to the kitchen to find him without... <laughs> Haste, that's it. We're off to chase a man in a suit. Ooh, things are looking up this evening. To the kitchen with much her, her own knickers speed. As the door is forced open, our startled guests gaze upon a more startled butler standing in the altogether in a tin bath, having a flannel wash, strangely in this instance, with a loofah. I don't know whether to be excited or alarmed. I've never seen one that big before. The That too. Loofa or not, I deduce you are the murderer. You mean the butler actually did it? Don't worry. She says that to everyone. I see they've gone overboard on the sound effects again. The lights are back on. They're so much brighter than the previous room. The narrator has seemed to have gone for his union regulation tea break, so we'll just have to describe the scene as it has unfolded before our very eyes. Dr. Driscoll, as a man of science, say what you see. I auditioned for catchphrase, never got it, their loss. It would appear that as the lights have returned and illuminated the scene of carnage that is evident before our very gaze in the kitchen, similar to the time where I was in the sedan... You seem like a hatchback person to me. Oh, this is the 1920s, 30s, 40s something. Hatchbacks haven't been invented yet. Well, my car has got a dicky seat. Not a sedan car. Sudan the country. 
Dr. Driscoll, will you get on with it? I haven't finished describing the scene in the Sudan. It's the here and now that matters. I digress. Jeff the butler is now lying face down with his face immersed in the water of the tin bath and his... his... buttocks are pointing north with a very large loofah betwixt his... um... buttocks? And as before, with a cord around his neck and a rather splendid diamond-encrusted dagger in his back. Oh, look! It's the other dagger! That is good news! Their value has increased! Dr. Driscoll, I think you should go and inspect the body for any... ...signs of life. Very well, Miss Tarpley. Hmm. 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 It is with great sadness, I'm afraid to report far and beyond a shadow of a doubt, Jeff the butler has expired. Oh, goody! Another murder! Dun, dun, dun! Well, I didn't expect that. I did. I wager you did. You're a non-believer. To the believer, no proof is... No... No possibly... No truth is... Ugh. Nonsense. Anyways... I sense your next. <gasps> you know, Reg reminds me of someone, but I can't think of whom. Reminds me of some dodgy old folk at the end of his career I once saw doing five-pound readings at an antique fair in Rill. Anyway, I know how we can solve this murder. Murder? Yeah, murder. I do have a very particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Ooh. I never had you down for a whittler. Oh, not now. Or I will look for you. I will find you. And I will contact you. Now, let's do a seance. Oh, how exciting. I've got... A lovely bunch of coconuts. A 15th century old pine effect teak chamois cloth gold-plated inlaid formica tops all authentic Georgian legs round table. It's perfect for contact the dead. And it's cheap as chips. If you want to buy it, I'll take all credit cards, debit cards, all PayPal, all chip and pen, but since this is the 1920s, 30s, 40s something, I'll make do with pounds, shillings and pence. Everyone, to the parlour! Didn't it go quiet from when we moved room to room? That's a bit of a mystery. Now, are we all seated and comfort, Evan? Can we have quiet, please? Would you do the honours, please? It would be a pleasure. Now, let's get spiritual. Has somebody else been murdered, my loves? No, that was definitely a disembodied fart. Right, everyone needs to be quiet whilst I contact my spirit guide, great friend and life partner, White Spam. Who murdered you? Tell us who murdered you. You must tell us. You must know. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. I've got it. I know what's happened. Fanny and Bob. I mean, mean Jeff. 
had told me what's happened. That's it. It's solved. Case closed. Oh, the lights are out at a critical moment. Again. Oh, somebody light a match. Good idea. So we can illuminate the vicinity and observe our surroundings. No, no, not because of that. It's because it absolutely stinks to high heaven in here. Look at that spooky sight. Reg is upended with a cord around his neck and a diamond-encrusted dagger in his back. Well, that's strange. If I know my diamond-encrusted daggers, there should only be a pair. Two in a pack. You get nothing for a pair. Not in this game. Don't touch the pack. There's one deep in the bag. Ooh, been there. Nobody move. Dr. Driscoll, check for a pulse. Yes, I already have, just to speed the story along a little. You will not at all be surprised to learn, Reg has died. Well, Bosoms, he never saw that coming. Oh, yes, I did. With the risk of repeating myself, we leave the murderous melee of overexcited but terrified guests with the knowledge that the killer is amongst them. Blah, blah, 1920s, 30s, 40s, blah, blah, blah. Join us for the next instalment of Miss Tarpley and Dr. Driscoll's Most Haunted Murder. Only at Metro by T-Mobile, you can upgrade to 5G and get more savings with the lowest price on one line of unlimited 5G. Just $40, period. That's it. Taxes and fees included. Plus, more choices with the largest selection of free 5G phones from brands you love, like Samsung. Switch and save more. Only at Metro. Lowest price versus major national prepaid brands. The fraction of users greater than 35 gigabytes per month may notice reduced speeds, and Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus T-Mobile due to prioritization. Video streams and SD requires eligible port in and plans. See store for details. Welcome back to the final part of Miss Tarpley and Dr. Driscoll's Most Haunted Murder. You'll find us in the parlour of a multiple-dwelling, stately, sinister, spooky-looking large abode where diabolical unsolved murders may have taken place, where murders have just taken place. I could tell you how many if I'd only paid attention, but I'm eager to get to my next voice-saving gig. who could have deciphered it is Reg, and... He has died. Strange. I never knew this house was haunted. I'm not sure I believe in ghosts. It sounds like it's coming from the closet. Humphrey, you're nearest. Go and have a look, and don't worry. We're all with you. Go on, get in there. I'm in the closet. I don't feel very comfortable at all. And, ooh, there's some shirts in here that need lifting. Once a tailor, always a tailor. Ooh, what's that? It's it's a bit soft and, and hairy, and it's, it's not very big. What is it? A possum? They're always tricky. No, I can't feel a hairy pocket. A merkin? A merkin? A coconut? A coconut? A spider? A spider? A toupee? A toupee? My knee? No, I shaved earlier. A muff? A muff. Definitely not mine. I shaved that earlier, too. A gerbil? The the, the gerbil? Oh, no, possums. Not 
somebody strike a match and illuminate the scene. <laughs> Sorry, that was I. The dark makes me nervous. It's a family trait. Don't pull yourself together, man. Is it time for me to declare that someone has died yet? Not until the closet door has fully opened in a spooky manner. That's so much better than the effects we used last time. But we've used the same effects twice now. Most people have probably stopped listening now, so I don't think it matters. Enough paddling out the dialogue to fill the time. Well, how long have we got to solve these murders? As long as it takes, Dr Driscoll. Now, back to the drama. Oh! What's happened, Dame Average? Have you drowned, stabbed or strangled yourself? None of the above. It's just you guys have been drawing out this for so long that the flame from the matches burned up the stick and singed the hair off my knuckles. Well, light another so we can see what's happened in the closet. <gasps> dun, dun, dun! Shit the bed! Oh, this is becoming tiresome. Yes, I can confirm there is no pulse and yes, he is dead. Any evidence to suggest how he died? In a dramatic break with tradition, Miss Tarpley, and because we've spent so much time stretching out the dialogue, no, there isn't. Huh. Well, I wasn't expecting that. What next? Well, there's only one thing for it. Sharp intake of breath, everyone. Three, Three two, two, one. Da da da! Let's pull ourselves together. Count of who's alive and who's dead. I'm as confused as a baby dingo that doesn't know which teeth to go for. Good idea, Dame Etheridge. Everyone who isn't dead, look alive there and stay still. How many people have died? Six? Uh, lower, my love. Two? Higher? Five? Uh, slightly lower. The actual number of people who have been murdered is... Four! Ooh! did we start with this evening? We started with nine people, including myself, and four are dead. Not including myself. Let's do a head count. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Uh, no, you're not playing properly. It's slightly higher. How can this be? If we started with nine and four have died... It's slightly higher, but you need to look slightly lower. What are you talking about, you blithering idiot? You're not hosting a television game show, whatever they may be. This is the 1920s, 30s, 40-something. Miss Tarfley, the actual number of people in the room is... Six. Use your eyes and look slightly lower, my love. <laughs> Sorry, that was me again. My good man, either your flies are open or there is something else that's small, hairy and purple protruding from your trousers. I had to come out. There was not much air to breathe in that cupboard. Who the devil are you? I'll tell you who he is. He's my long-lost twin brother. <gasps> dun, dun, dun! He's short. You must have killed all of these people. Don't deny it. <laughs> well, the producer says... I do deny it. Now I think about it and had some time to digest the facts. He couldn't have committed those murders. The actual number of people he did kill is... 
one. Which one did the little man kill until he was dead by cold-blooded murder? Fanny? Corker? Jeff the butler? Pickleson? I'm not dead yet. No, I was addressing you, the other Pickleson, because I have a... Theory, dearie. Solving a crime is very much like solving a jigsaw puzzle. One starts with the corners before discovering the edges of the picture and scrutinising the remaining pieces to build up an entire picture. And, my friends, I'm about to place the final piece of the puzzle, which will give me an enormous sense of satisfaction. Many years ago, I deduced that many, many years ago, you, little Pickleson, did travel back from the Outer Hebrides. How do I know it was the Outer Hebrides? It was the fauna, unwittingly attached to the crevice of your creases of the bigger of your two boots. Native only to that part of that part of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, known locally as the Machair, from where you had been hiding from your family for many, many years and many, many years ago. Greed and loathing grew over the many years, and upon hearing of your twin brother selling the family house and all its priceless artefacts, it was enough to send your little head and little body into a... Spin. You wanted it all for yourself, didn't you? Didn't you? Didn't you? I put it to you, little man. Yes, you, you, yes, you, 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 yes, I, you, don't deny it. Yes, you, yes, you, etc. You did come into this dwelling, you did. I put it to you, in you came, and you knew that Humphrey Johns had every intention of buying the whole estate from underneath your club foot, which we, by the way, heard knocking and thudding every time the lights went out, enabling you to make your slow moves. Whilst others thought it was ghosts, I told you I don't believe in such ridiculous notions. Who ever heard of a farting ghost? That was the corner piece of my jigsaw puzzle. The edges of the picture came from the mysterious farting noises every time the lights went out. It was only by pure chance that I happened to see the tip of a quill pen sticking out of Humphrey John's top pocket. This type of quill which is only used in a solicitor's office, not far from here, namely Hunt, Bunt and Cunliffe. And that pen is used to sign property deeds. I put it to you again that you knowingly did kill Humphrey Johns in an attempt to prevent the sale of your family home. If he only killed Humphrey, who killed the others? Well, that is a mystery, and I'm totally spent. The others were simply tragic accidents that can happen in any home full of antiques when the lights go out. The farting, yes, that was me, but only because I got very scared of the dark. It's a family trait. As for poor Humphrey Johns, he was in a very confined space in the closet when I was in there. The lights went out. I farted because of being nervous in the dark. He lifted the wrong shirt tail and he got the full force of my fearful exploding posterior and seemingly gassed the poor man to death, which is also why my face was so purple when you first saw me. <laughs> I may be small... But my pungent odor is spectacularly large, which is why I was living in the Outer Hebrides away from civilization and amongst the fragrant fauna of my hair. Seems legit. Right. Another one solved. Shall we be going? Hello, boss. Taxi for Tarperly and Driscoll. But we didn't order a taxi. Oh, don't look a gift horse in the mouth, my good man. Let's take it anyway. Don't forget, our car has broken down. 
As our heroes leave, then so must we. Another murder solved with no loose ends whatsoever. With the exception of how three people were stabbed and drowned completely by accident and a fourth asphyxiated by a cloud of bowel gas. Let's face it, since when have you heard of that really happening? The biggest mystery of all is who called the taxi. Maybe this mystery will be solved next time on Miss Tarpley and Dr. Driscoll's Most Haunted Murder! You made it. Checked out of office to check into the sweet views of this place where the kids aren't asking for the Wi-Fi. Mom, can we go to the pool? And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. If you have bills and debt piling up, a personal loan through NetCredit can provide funding up to $10,000 to help you get back on track if eligible. Visit netcredit.com today. All NetCredit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the NetCredit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com slash partners for more information. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.